The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Gathered in virtual worship this matriculation Sunday, August 30th, 2020, we begin a new semester and a new season, welcoming with open arms and hearts the class of 2024. In a way, we all matriculate again and extend our care to the newest among us. We give thanks for the various persons involved in our emerging ministry at Marsh Chapel. As those listening discover a sense of place and purpose in our shared ministry, we encourage you to name it and claim it. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the spirit moves, and when and as it is again permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Today's service of worship includes the greeting and sermon, new this week and recorded on Wednesday, August 26th, along with music and liturgy rebroadcast from earlier services. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
May we pray. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, enlightened by your Holy Spirit, those who teach and those who learn, that rejoicing in the knowledge of your truth, they may worship you and serve you from generation to generation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We confess our sins. God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight I see why, and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt." But Moses said to God, 
Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to him then? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join, please join me in reading responsibly verses from Psalm 105 with the antiphon. give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done his miracles, and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of the servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Then Israel came to Egypt. Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham. And the Lord made his people very fruitful and made them stronger than their foes, whose hearts he then turned to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. He sent his servant Moses, and Aaron whom he had chosen. Praise the Lord. Please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. Glory to you, O Lord. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they gain, give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. Change can happen, real change for the good in real time can come. There is in the human heart, sometimes dormant but always present, 
the capacity to turn around, to repent, to move again forward, to change. Change can come. Jesus Christ and him crucified is at the mysterious heart of all of life and of change. Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God, the Lamb of God, the presence of God can bring change to you. Simon Peter found his life immeasurably altered by a word or two fitly spoken. He found a liberal heart. You can too. He found a liberal heart. We can too. He found his own heart opened and forever remade by the liberality, grace, freedom, generosity, and love of God. We can too. Peter, following this change, still struggled to appreciate and bring apperception to the person of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the power of Jesus, but the change was permanent. He was given a liberal heart, a heart of wonder, a heart of vulnerability, a heart of self-abandon. God is calling you to open your heart today to that kind of change, that scope of change, that force of change. Change can happen. Real change for the good in real time can come. There is in the human heart, sometimes dormant but always present, the capacity to turn around, to repent, to move again forward, to change. Change can come. Let us pray. Gracious God, holy and just, thou who art loving us into love and freeing us into freedom, in the mystery of thy presence, we pause at the beginning, the beginning of a new season, of a new year, of a new adventure. Thankful for the wise leadership of our university and for the chance to learn and study together this autumn. Now at matriculation 2020, we offer our common prayer. We pray for safety, health, and wellness for all. We pray to become good stewards of, protectors of, the safety, health, and wellness of others, to be our sister's keeper, our brother's keeper. We pray for the disciplines of courage and of responsibility and of compassion that together we shall need and that together we may find. We remember in prayer those who got us here, who raised us, taught us, loved us, and supported us, and who yearn to see us through. Bless Boston University this year, we pray. Bless those who study and those who teach, those who lead and those who support. Bless each and every one of us, we pray. With a joy in learning, a regard for virtue, and an inclination to piety, a joy in human knowing, a regard for human doing, and an inclination to human being. Grant us thy peace, grant us thy peace, grant us thy peace, amen. Our Holy Scripture takes flight first this Lord's Day with Moses' fear. The prospect and the present potential for change bring a, quake, a quaking in the boots, a quaking in the heart, a quaking in the very soul. You are right to worry and wonder a little bit about a matriculation Sunday sermon and whether it might bruise or cut a little. Alma Mater carries the sense of birth, of childbirth, the mysterium tremendous, tremendum all about us, the holy, holy, holy. 
And Moses, God love him, first fears. For the divine presence brings change. Real change is real hard, but it comes in real time when real people really work at it. I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But there is no theological exam here, nor any doctrinal requirement. There just is the chance for change. It is a very broad brush, a big canvas, a wide and wild painting, big enough for cameo appearances by fearful humans, including Moses and you and me. Our Holy Scripture sails and soars second this Lord's Day with Paul's wisdom. These verses you need to memorize, Romans 12, 9 and following. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, never lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in your hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, practice hospitality. They are neither heavily theological nor pointedly doctrinal. They are existential and they include they involve many and various and different and all. The church survived and grew for 150 years before it had a Bible, from 30 AD to 170 AD or so, at least a Bible of the sort we have today. It had the law, prophets, and writings, but no gospels shared, no letters agreed upon, no apocalypses acclaimed. The Holy Scripture proved itself holy over time in context with debate out of friction. The godfather of the New Testament was a Gnostic heretic named Marcion, in opposition to whose Bible of Luke and some letters of Paul, the church instead accepted, in addition, the whole of the Hebrew Scripture, in addition, the other Gospels, in addition, the other letters, and even an apocalypse or two. Scripture came to life in and through life, so you would not blithely disparage it. It comes with blisters and sores and cuts. Paul finds change in these 13 simple, transparent advisements from let love be genuine to practice hospitality. Our Holy Scripture lands at Peter's feet in the call to change, to a change of heart. What will it profit if one gains the whole world yet loses one's soul? Somewhere between world and soul, Peter discovered a liberal heart. What Jesus has said in 30 AD is written down at last by Matthew in 85 AD. There was a long line of listening, hearing, sharing, speaking long before the writing. In part, we know this because the two sayings here are at odds, one offering to hearing and faith the paradox of saving and losing life. You only have, only possess, only truly hold what you have the power, grace, freedom, and courage to give away. 
If you do not have it, you cannot give it. If you give it, truly, then you show you have owned it. The sayings were written down together in Matthew 16 because they shared a tag word, life, zoe. What can you give in exchange for your life? Here the message is careful. Hold on, flee false, flee false prophet, prize life, now you have it. Whoever saves his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will find it. Here the message is caring. Splash around with generosity, give with no thought of return, take up the cross, follow. The two teachings are there to balance each other. Which one for which day, in which way will you say? That is up to you. Over time, you will need them both. Just this week, in the midst of the tragedies of Kenosha, Wisconsin, Jacob Blake's mother was doing the same, balancing justice and order, balancing the caring and the careful, she said. On Tuesday, she told, Julia Jackson told reporters that she opposed the sort of destruction that had been left by protests spurred by her son's shooting. Ms. Jackson told reporters that she had been praying for the country to heal, saying, I've noticed a lot of damage. It doesn't reflect my son or my family. So listen, tune your ear to God. Life is short. This high peak passage, Peter's confession, rightly evokes the deep heart of faith, of gospel, of scripture, of change. It is the keystone, the linchpin, the center in some measure of the gospel we preach, you live, we teach, you depend on in life, in death, in life beyond death. What will it profit if one gains the whole world yet loses one's soul? In September of 1976, 44 years ago, like many of our young colleagues on arrival this week for matriculation, I had found my way to another great city, New York, along another great river, the Hudson, to the center of another great urban university, Columbia. A sermon that week in James Chapel at Union Seminary was brought uptown from the minister near Greenwich Village at Washington Square. It has stayed with me because it was so true to life and true to change in life, and especially true to Moses and Paul and Matthew today. He commended wonder, vulnerability, and self-mockery. Change of a healthy spiritual sort is not primarily theological or doctrinal, though it might become so. It is existential. It is life coming alive. It is a heart become a liberal heart. Call it a liberal art heart. A liberal heart radiates wonder. Borden Parker Bound, philosophy begins in wonder. G.K. Chesterton, the world does not lack for wonders, but only for a sense of wonder. Charles Wesley, changed from glory into glory till in heaven we take our place, till we cast our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love, and praise. Between matriculation and commencement, there is a chance for a change of heart, a chance for the emergence of a liberal heart, a heart open to wonder, charged with wonder, delighting in wonder. What will lead us in part 
away from anxiety, depression, ennui, asadia, loneliness, and despond is in part this sense of wonder, some ongoing connection with the natural world, a regular walk along the emerald necklace, say, may aid you here, some chance to see the ocean close at hand on a regular basis may help you here. Some occasional visits to the BU rooftop telescope may help you here. The joy of reading, the thrill of music, the mystery of friendship, all may bring a new rebirth of wonder, even in a fallow COVID time. We watched one 11-year-old read 35 books this summer. A liberal heart owns vulnerability. Death makes us mortal. Facing death makes us human. We are utterly vulnerable creatures from birth to the beyond. If nothing else, our current pandemic has indelibly placed such vulnerability before us. The question is whether we will own it, whether we will wash and wash the hands, whether we will attain, maintain, and retain social distance, whether we will take up and take on the hourly masking that will protect others' vulnerability and our own. Our physical vulnerability may also, just may bring a petrine change to our proclivity to pretend invulnerability. Somehow, Peter came to see life from a different angle, not from the vantage point of power, but from the perspective of love. How? Who can say? But in some measure, it may well have been a readiness, a willingness to admit his vulnerability, even as he curses his masters. We have a shared vulnerability that should shock us into commitments to communal protections. We have a shared vulnerability that should shock us into commitments to communal protections. We will need shared common behaviors, educational and health investments, global and national planning and spending to get prepared for the next virus as we have not at all been for this one. And that will take the liberal heart to admit vulnerability. A liberal heart has a measure of self-abandon, of self-awareness, even of self-mockery. Take yourself lightly so that you can fly like the angels. Take yourself lightly so that you can fly like the angels. The church has loved Peter for so long because he is so human, so prone to mistake, and yet with such a courage to admit error. Most of us will make a mistake or two now and then. Most students will make a mistake or two in their college years. No one recommends it, all work against it. And yet, we learn to measure, we learn most from our mistakes. And when they come, if they do, take some time to learn from them. And then get up, dust yourself off, and be able to live with a little lightness a little self-abandon, a little self-mockery. Beloved, change can happen. Real change for the good in real time can come. There is in the human heart, sometimes dormant but always present, the capacity to turn around, to repent, to move again forward, to change. Change can come. 
Jesus Christ and him crucified, he is at the mysterious heart of all, of life and of change. Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God, the Lamb of God, the presence of God, can bring change to you. Simon Peter found his life immeasurably altered by a word or two fitly spoken. He found a liberal heart. You can too. He found a liberal heart. We can too. He found his own heart opened and forever remade by the liberality, grace, freedom, generosity, and love of God. And we can too. Peter, following this change, still struggled to appreciate and bring apperception to the person of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the power of Jesus. But the change, the change was permanent. He was given a liberal heart, a heart of wonder, a heart of vulnerability, a heart of self-abandon. God is calling us to open our hearts today to that kind of change, that scope of change, that force of change. Change can happen. Real change, for the good, in real time, can come. There is in the human heart, sometimes dormant but always present, the capacity to turn around, to repent, to move again forward and to change. Change can come. Let us pray. Gracious God, holy and just, thou from whom we come and unto whom our spirits return, thou our dwelling place in all generations, Rest upon us in the silence of this moment, we pray. Dry the tears of those moved to emotion in an hour of separation. Illumine the skyline of opportunity that lies behind the rain clouds of worry. Carry young hearts open to friendship into seas of friendship. Help us hear for our time the voice of the prophet, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. Help us, we earnestly pray, to prefer justice to judgment. Help us, we earnestly pray, to love the merciful more than the material. Help us, we earnestly pray, to walk humbly, not haughtily. May the degrees we earn turn by degrees the wheel of life from judgment to justice. May the courses we choose inspire in choices later a keenness of mind matched by a fullness of heart. May the learning we gain afford us the gain of humility, the honest desire to give credit where credit is due and not to tip the scale. May the friendships we make in their turn make us less inclined to judgment and more enamored of justice. May the regrets we acquire then incline us to mercy as we have felt mercy and not to material measurements alone. May the adventures we bravely pursue give us the wisdom to know our condition, mortal, frail, prone to harm others, frail, mortal. May all our acquisition of knowledge chase us toward justice, toward mercy, and toward humility. And the wisdom to welcome later, perhaps much later, the recognition that the larger the body of knowledge, the longer the shoreline of mystery that surrounds it, the larger the body of knowledge, the longer the shoreline of mystery that surrounds it. Amen.
The Apostle Paul said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We welcome you to pray standing, sitting, kneeling, or however the Spirit moves you. Now let us sing together hymn 473, Lead Me, Lord. Holy God, with praise, repentance, thanksgiving, and concern, we bow before you. Great is your faithfulness, boundless is your love, and holy is your name. Almighty God, you alone are worthy to be praised, and so we honor and adore you. Merciful God, we admit that we have sinned. Forgive us, for we hear your word and yet we have failed to follow Christ's life of love. But we open our hearts to you. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome your cleansing touch so that lives, lies and evil words are replaced with truth and words of encouragement. We willingly offer our hearts for renewal so that our bitterness and anger are replaced with kindness and compassion. Heal us, Holy Spirit. We are grateful that we are free to worship you publicly. We are also thankful for the technology that enables us to worship together with our virtual congregation, separated by time as well as space. As we thank you, we are mindful of those who are prevented from worshiping you freely. Have mercy on them, dear Lord. Grant them the peace of your presence in their silent worship. As we begin a new academic year, we are grateful to welcome new and returning students, parents, friends, and colleagues. We thank you for a congregation of people with diverse gifts given according to your grace. Renew a right spirit within us so that we will freely volunteer to use our gifts to strengthen this church community and honor you through teaching, preaching, serving, leading, encouraging, giving, and forgiving. Holy God, we bring our concerns to you. We pray for people around the world who suffer from the indignities of injustice, the violence of war, and the apathy of their governments. We pray for those who are fleeing violence and oppression in their homelands, only to be preyed upon in their desperation. Give them safe passage and help them find refuge, God. We pray for the sick, those in despair with grieving hearts and people who are suffering in other ways. Comfort them, gracious God. 
Hear our prayers, Lord. With humility and gratitude, we offer these prayers in the name of our beloved Savior and pray as he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
for the work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and always. Amen.